He blames the King of Denmark. Who does that? Uh, he blames the Prime Minister of Canada for, he claims, cutting him out of the Canadian version of Home Alone 2. Who does that? <laughs> Chose the Amy Klobuchar <laughs> clip from the debate on Friday night because everybody I looked to to uh, evaluate the debate thought she had her best night and was uh, had the best night of the night. Her polls are arising. She's uh, recruiting money. Probably too little too late. But. I think she's very sharp. She's moderate. She's she's an okay person. Uh, I think it's more a measure of, of people's increasing fear of A, Bernie, B, Biden fading, clearly. And they're like, uh-oh, who we got who's not crazy or, you know, 15 years old? Okay, like well, Mayor so, Pete. so we'll get into this in just a little bit, uh, some analysis about the debate from MSNBC that was interesting. Did you see the new ad that Biden ran against Mayor Pete? I wanted to grab No, I the, just heard the audio. The first half of it is so good because the first half is it basic. What, what's the town he, Mayor Pete's from? South Bend. South Bend. Yeah. So, the, uh, so the audio says, uh, Joe Biden has had to make major decisions. He decided whether we should go to war, blah, 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 and health care. Millions of people, depending. Mayor Pete's had to make some decisions, too. Like, he decided to put floral, floral bl- bricks downtown Bloomington. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He decided to put decorative bricks downtown in Bloomington, and it really made the place look nice. And I thought, wow, that is a catty ad. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, old Uncle Joe can tear down the other candidates as much as he wants, and I understand why he is, and he should at this point in the race. Um, it's just not going to change the fact that he's a dizzy old man, and He's a lion dog faced pony soldier. Right? <laughs> lion dog faced pony soldier. Right. So, yeah, so first on the Biden part, um, uh, I'm watching the post debate coverage on MSNBC, and they went to Chris Matthews, and he started with this. They made a decision for the first time in months, and actually, whenever Joe Biden decided to run for president, which was probably when he was 13, they did a Sunday show. They've agreed to do this Sunday show uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos. Why all, all of a sudden it changed? They've been basically hiding from the tough media questions. They think they catch people that are going to be nice to them, and they get tough questions from them, too. Because everybody's going to ask the obvious question about he and his son. It does, you know, we ask, why's your son got this job over here at X many millions of dollars? Why, when you got the portfolio for Ukraine, and then he gets the contract for Ukraine, people who have to be mindless not to say, well, what's going on here? It's a reasonable question. I don't think you should have asked the Ukraine president to investigate it, but it's a reasonable question. Where there's smoke, people want to know if there's fire. So uh, there's that. So I thought that was pretty damned interesting. Nobody else on the MSNBC crew was digging that. I'll bet. It's a reasonable question. You are running Ukraine no. and your son's making millions of dollars. Everybody wants to know what's going on with that. No, and, it was an accusation without evidence. And hey, by the way, the leading candidate won't go on any of the Sunday shows. He hasn't gone on one Sunday show until yesterday, and that's because he's got to. He's throwing uh, Hail Marys at this point. Right. Um, and he went on Stephanopoulos. What is that all about? Well, he's not capable of answering these questions. That's what it's all about. Um, well, he certainly doesn't relish it. God, everyone. That's how we all get rich. Everyone, you know some, that. Every once in a while, you got you get a glimpse of media from like twenty years ago, when even the lefties would have wondered, "What's up with Biden and his son?" That's right. weird, right? But now you don't do that. You don't ever bring up that sort of thing with your own team. So Chris Matthews brought that up, and the other people on the crowd were all much younger. We're like, eh, I don't know no, you don't that. understand. This is different now, Chris. We just root for our team. 
And then he gets into the conversation about Bernie, which is really something. Uh, but I think that the Democratic Party has to figure out its ideology. Uh, that's a change from the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has been to the left of the Republican Party on the issue of mixed capitalism, more social programs. They push Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, enormously popular programs. I think uh, ACA Obamacare has also, in which they follow through with it and make it work. I think most Americans would be happy that have a public option and have Medicare uh, followed through with. But I, I don't want to get into the, you know, I'm on every night. I'll let the Democrats figure this out. I, I have my own views of the word socialist, and I'll be glad to tell them, share them with you in private. And they go back to uh, the early 1950s. I have an attitude about them. Okay, I, I just want to the stop War. there because, and we'll get the rest of this because it's really good. But how about that? What is that there? I have my own views about socialism, and I'll be happy to share them with you in private. What is that? I don't know. Why do you say that? I don't know. And then he shares them in public, more or less. More or less. He but, hints at them. But what's 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 the what's the hinting at? You can't say out loud what you're afraid socialism is. I think he was stating what you said was unstated with his young uh, cohorts there, which was, "I'm not with you guys on your new, you know, approach to politics and journalism." I I'm I want to tell you that you're all crazy with the socialism talk. Um, but you know he, he kind of had to work up the courage apparently. Yeah, well now he gets into the details. About them, I remember the Cold War. I have an attitude towards Castro. I believe if Castro and the, and the and the Reds had won the Cold War, there would have been executions in Central Park, and I might have been one of the ones getting executed, and certain other people would be there cheering. Okay, so I have a problem with people who took the other side. I don't know who Bernie Bernie supports over these years. I don't know what he means by social. One week it's Denmark. We're going to be like Denmark. Okay, that's harmless. That's, a, that's basically a capitalist country with a lot of good social welfare programs. Denmark is harmless. It's pretty clearly in the Denmark is category. He? Yeah. Are you sure? How do you know? Did he tell you that? Well, I mean, that's what he says, and that's what his agenda calls for, right? Yeah, yeah, He's not yeah, calling yeah, for well, anything. Let's see. Let's see. Let's figure that one out. A, well, we haven't seen a, a campaign yet where video of him praising the other version right. of Castro has been used, well, but that's it a, will be used. That's a question of how, how that plays. of how tangible, what, what the effect that has. In well, it what does life. he think of Castro? That's a great question. What did you think of Fidel Ismo? We all thought he was great when he first, I think, cheering like mad for him when he first went in. And then he became a communist and started shooting okay. every one of his enemies. Okay, hold, so, hold, hold those thoughts on the Cuban, hold those thoughts on Cuban revolution. So that was... That was an okay boomer there at the end from Chris Hayes. Oh, I missed that. With the, I hold those thoughts on the Cuban Revolution. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, ancient history Crazy for old boomer? man, lion, dog face, pony I, soldier. I thought that was about as interesting as anything I've seen on cable news in years. Yeah, you know what? I hate to give credit to Chris Matthews, but uh, that was brave, given the uh, current state of things on his network. And I'll tell you this. They had coverage for another 90 minutes, I think, and he was not seen again. Oh, boy. There was not another oh, word for him. boy. The, the upper management reached down and said, get the old man off the set. I don't know that that yeah, happened, good. but he did not speak again. Get the cold warrior off the set. Um, and I'll I, be- do, I do want to hear Bernie. I want to I hear a roster, just a short roster. What do you think of Castro's regime? Okay. Yeah. How about Hugo Chavez in the situation in Venezuela? Venezuela? I mean, it'll you be the usual. You have to ask that question. Yeah. Like Chris Matthews just said, I want uh, oh, when one of the younger people said, well, he, means, he doesn't mean that, he, his version. How, do you know that? How do you know that? Did he tell you that? I, I, you know, I want to know. 
Well, and as a person who's picked up a history book or two through his lifetime, I'd like to point out that, number one, many well-meaning socialists see their dream of a socialist utopia slipping away, and they realize they need just a little more control, just a little better handle on dissidents, and they slide. They, they, they uh, unintentionally slide into totalitarianism and or... Like Barack Obama and uh, what was his name? The professor from Harvard who would explain in a closed room where they didn't realize people were taking ta- video on their phone. They would say, listen, yes, we're moving towards single payer socialized medicine, but we've got to go for this halfway measure first of Obamacare. That's what we're doing. Barney Frank. That's right. He was particularly uh, candid back in the day, admitting no, we can't say we're going for that because we can't get that through. We got to do this first. There are plenty of uh, horrific communist regimes, including Castro's, that pitched themselves as just enlightened socialists and then turned out to be totalitarians. So there's a bit of a history there. Well, I don't think Bernie is uh, the kind of guy that's going to line people up and shoot them, but the guy that follows Bernie, if you head down that road, certainly might be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely um, true. And I'll be interested to watch if Chris Matthews continues on this track of thinking with the Bernie Sanders candidacy? Because there's a decent chance Bernie wins tomorrow night. In fact, that's the most likely thing, I think. And then he's won the first two states, more or less, and he's off and running. And so you got to have that conversation. Or does Chris Matthews, did he get enough pushback or enough wide eyes from uh, everybody else on the panel to realize, okay, this is not something we're supposed to talk about? It would surprise me, but not shock me, if it was announced today that Chris Matthews was retiring <laughs> from MSNBC. Yeah, good. Pushed out. Look, Shepard Smith was just uh, outwardly a left-leaning political guy on Fox News. It was an odd fit, but he's a solid journalist and the rest of it, so he lasted for a while. But And he crossed the line and he got pushed out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not beyond the pale that the old man, the old cold warrior, <laughs> we'll talk about the Cuban Revolution next. Oh, Chris, you bitter old man. <laughs> You bitter old fruit. Up with Viva la Revolution! What is That's what they're shouting at MSNBC. Got Che Guevara t-shirts on under their suits. Will Bernie do Chris Matthews hardball on MSNBC? We'll see. Chris Hayes has a Hugo Chavez bumper sticker on his car. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Well, he might as well. He might as well. That's interesting. Will that conversation be ongoing on the left, or will it be snuffed? I don't know. We uh we could hit you. Do you want to hear Brad Pitt's uh, political uh, Oscar speech? I heard it once and it sucked. I didn't hear it. So yes. well, I tell you what, it's worth hearing just so you know how the Oscars went. It's very handsome. Well, there's no denying that. How do you how do you not listen to somebody who's that handsome? They say he doesn't bathe enough. I've heard. That. I don't know that. For, that's just what they say, and you know. Armstrong and Getty. The performance by an actor in a leading role. Joaquin Phoenix Joker. The performance by an actress in a leading role. Renee Zellweger. For achievement in directing. Pong Joon Ho. The film that made the greatest impact this year. Parasite. A movie called Parasite won Best Picture, which I... It's a uh, fern movie, Jack. And you got to read it. 
Yes. I'm not reading my movies. Subtitled. South Korean, you're don't gonna, you know? You're not going to fool me. Um, before we get back to Oscar talking a little bit, we're launching an um, uh, orbiter today. We are, you and me. A spacecraft that is going to do the closest observations of the sun ever made. And it'll be the first ever looks at the north and south poles of uh, the sun, and we'll get those in a few years. So. Well, that'll be cool. How about those uh, recent photographs they've taken Yeah, of the surface of the sun, like super close-ups of the surface of the sun from the, the, the mountain observatory in Hawaii, wasn't it? But it was astounding imagery, and, you know, the, the knowledge about the sun is, is difficult to argue with in terms of what's important scientifically, since it is the uh, energy, the source of all life on Earth, putting aside the Almighty for the moment. 90 million miles away. So they say. And you still feel the heat on I your face. I ain't measured it. When you step outside. Two American soldiers killed, six wounded in Afghanistan over the weekend in one of those green on blue attacks where somebody we're training and clothing and supposedly helping turns on us and shoots us. Right. What we're trying to accomplish there, I don't know. And and by the way, neither do they. So that's a nice story. Um, And uh, this one, though, I didn't want to really get into politics. So a Jacksonville man has been arrested after driving into a, a tent full of Trump supporters who were registering to vote on Saturday. You didn't hear this story, did nope, you? No, you didn't hear this story, did you? If I hadn't read it in the dispatch, I wouldn't have known. It happened on Saturday. So if a, if somebody in a MAGA hat had driven into a tent full of Bernie supporters or Elizabeth Warren supporters, you'd think that would have made the news? And he'd have flipped them all off and driven off? Because that's exactly what happened in the reverse over the weekend. But nope, didn't make the news. And I'm not sure either one of them make, needs to make the news, but the uh, Trump supporter r- running into Democrats would have been huge about anger and white males and this and that. Right. You know, I'm going to quote uh, one tweeter going out on the limb and suggesting if a MAGA hat wearing yokel drove a van through a Warren or Sanders voter registration tent, it would be the only thing journalists and major news outlets would be talking about right now. They would be clearing graphite off the roof at CNN right now. There would be Charlottesville comparison. Jim Acosta would chain himself to the White House fence. Jake Tapper would be demanding Kellyanne Conway personally accept responsibility. And All the Sunday shows would have led with it yesterday. Right. And uh, Fredo would be, quote, tweeting people with 12 followers. There would be five New York Times op-eds about Trump's so-to speech was the motivation. Oh, NBC reporters would be scouring 4chan. Washington, Frost, uh, Fro- I'm sorry, Washington Post front page would read terror in Jacksonville. Candidates would be gathering for candlelight visuals. Jacksonville and hashtag defeat hate would be the top trends on Twitter. Every celebrity with a political following would be making Hitler comparisons. Um, somebody would be blaming Fox and Friends segments because that's what Media Matters uh, would be doing. There would be marches. But, of course, there's none of that, and you don't have to like Trump to notice this. You just have to have a pulse. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that, well, it's so undeniable. Yeah, that, that says itself. Um, maybe I'll get to the exclamation points is being overused coming up. But first, what is, exclamation points are being overused. Where's Adam Sandler speaking here? Uh, this was at the uh, Independent Spirit Awards, which is one of the the many awards in the award season. Oscars and Golden Globes get all the headlines, but there are actually tons of small different guilds and okay. associations do and awards. Stop saying awards and, and season. He, and he got <laughs> and he got snubbed 
Well, a lot of people thought he had an Oscar-nominated worthy performance in his movie. But anyway, here's Adam Sandler. You know, a few weeks back when I was quote-unquote snubbed by the Academy, it reminded me when I briefly attended high school and was overlooked for the coveted yearbook superlative category best-looking. <laughs> that accolade was given to a jean-jacket-wearing feather-haired douchebag by the name of Skipper Jenkins. <laughs> did honor me with the allegedly less prestigious designation of best personality. And tonight, as I look around this room, I realize the Independent Spirit Awards are the best personality awards of Hollywood. Let all those feathered-haired douchebags get their Oscars tomorrow night. Their handsome good looks will fade in time. <laughs> While our independent personalities will shine on forever. <laughs> wow. Oh, do we have time to play Brad Pitt now? No, we don't. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, a lot of us tuned in thinking, oh, what the heck, I'll watch a few minutes of it. And then the first award of the night, Brad Pitt wins and goes all impeachment to John Bolton political. And I was like, all right. Jean jacket wearing feather haired. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Adam Sandler. What was that voice he was doing? That's, a, that's, Vin, that's, that's his brand, yeah, man. That's a yeah. classic Adam Sandler. You either do that one or you do this. Oh, oh, oh. You either do that one. Those are your choices. Either one would do. <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you to the Academy for this honor of honors. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here, which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it. In the end, the adults do the right thing. Reach for the remote control. All right. And so be. Just listen. Hollywood. Every single joke you made every single one that had the least political uh, content or reference to it was in a single direction every single one it's just tiresome just do you understand how inappropriate that is well okay screw them oh why why would i argue with hollywood when i have a remote control yeah i didn't see a second of the oscars last night i think it's the first time since i was Six years old that I haven't seen any of the Oscars. Well, yeah, missed Eminem inexplicably doing uh, "Lose Yourself." I would have liked that actually. It was my my son would have really liked it. As good as it ever has been. My kids love that song. Nobody has any idea why it was there. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. How about Survivor doing "Eye of the Tiger"? Come on now, that's some that's some rock and roll music. Richie Gervais had it right at the Golden Globes. You you have you have less touch with the real world than anybody. Nobody wants to hear from you. Yes, about this stuff. Nobody. Kill me. Shut up. Kill me. Kill me. Graph in USA Today today. <laughs> that sounded funny. Didn't it? Yeah, I don't think so. USA Today 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 uh, today. Um, Americans largely expect unrest in 2020. Oh, I know I do. Do you think the nation is... And the only way to combat that? Rest. <laughs> do you think the nation will see public unrest this year? I assume people mean violence. Did you see the riots in Portland? No. I did not, actually. You had another... There was 
a rumored white supremacist rally, whatever that means. How do you get rumors? There's and so Antifa shows up and beats the hell out of people and jabs them with metal umbrellas, sprays them with pepper spray, defaces a war memorial, beats people down. There are videos going viral online where a videographer said, hey, they're spraying me and chasing me and beating on me. And the police say, well, we're not going to protect you. You don't want to get beat up? Stay away. Come up with a new plan, man. So beautiful. Portland descending into anarchy. But it's from the left, so it's okay. The uh, the spray paint on the war memorial, punch cops, kill cops. All cops are bastards. And more. Anyway, where were we? That's the status quo, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Most Americans expect, expect public unrest this year, which I assume means some sort of violence rioting in the streets. It's already happening. Um, You're opening the door to international anarchy. There you go. Right. Fairly likely, uh, almost half among your younger crowd drops down to around 40% as you get over the age of 35. Uh, but that's still pretty high. 40. You have people driving vans into Trump voter registration tents. 40% or higher, fairly likely, very likely in the mid-teens. So you end up way way above 50%, around 60% of people think it's fairly or verily, very likely we'll have public unrest this year. And of course, we're a very big country. Somewhere there will be. Somewhere there already has been. But um, So if people are expecting it, then it's definitely more likely to happen. Because it's kind of seen as okay. Well, That's why I've been ex- expecting to date Scarlett Johansson my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> so I'm not happy about that. Anyway, to get away from politics for a second, I saw this over the weekend, and I'm kind of excited about it. Oh, we'll have to do some of Trump's tweets. Pretty funny. Um, the f- I've seen the future of autonomous vehicles, and it is Neuro. 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 Um. Uh, Landmark decision over the weekend. Neuro has been approved by the Department of Transportation to start sending their vehicles out, driving around, delivering groceries and stuff. Spell, please. N-U-R-O. This is the first company that's been allowed to do this for a variety of reasons. Pretty clever and pretty obvious, actually. A lot of the hang-ups with your autonomous vehicles has been um, having all the technology and meeting the safety standards that all vehicles on the road have to meet. Well, if you decide there ain't going to be no human being in it at all, Oh, okay. Well, then you don't have to worry about this kind of mirror, this kind of seatbelt, this kind of windshield, this kind of this, this kind of everything. Oh, okay. If there are no human beings that are going to be in it at all, so Neuro just built a vehicle that will just travel around with uh, with groceries in it, and it got approved, and it's going to start hitting the streets very soon, all across the country. Real lunchbox looking thing. Yeah, here's a picture of it for you, Joe. Oh yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's like a tiny little van. It's half a car. I mean, full it's, of groceries. Yeah, it's is uh, okay. It's like it just doesn't have the top half of a car that your upper body is in, and you look out of because there's no need for it. Yeah, and so it's gonna head out there uh, right now and start delivering things. Silly robot car. Lightweight robots that won't carry passengers. They won't travel faster than twenty five miles an hour. Um, I hope they're not driving in the lane I'm in. Yeah, yeah. well, they won't be on freeways, but uh, <laughs> you can picture, you know, suburban cul-de-sac life. It goes, it comes from the grocery store and just wind its way through all the little roads at that proper speed and comes to your house and delivers your groceries. I'm assuming it will track on, like, the right lane marker? It's smaller than a regular car with I mean, large doors. right? 
Smaller than a regular car with large doors that open upward to reveal its cargo compartment. I mean, because I end up at home for like a half mile on a two-lane road. And if that thing's clogging up the lane, I'm, I'm smashing into it. I'm running off the road. Customers would not going up that. You wouldn't even notice it. I'm not going up to the big uh, 25 miles per hour. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm this, it. this thing's so small, you'd run right over it. You wouldn't oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's just a tiny little thing. Customers will be able to place an order for delivery from Domino's Pizza, Kroger's Groceries, or Walmart, and a robot will deliver pizzas or groceries to a designated spot, and the customer will enter a code to unlock the robot and retrieve the purchases. Huh. Kroger Groceries plans to charge a five ninety five fee, which is hecka worth it if I don't have to leave my house and go to the grocery store, and you bring it to me. Well, they're going to bring it to a spot? i got to meet it somewhere? Well, your designated spot might be your house. Oh, okay. All right. Wherever you want to meet it. Walmart and Domino's haven't haven't determined their fees yet. I don't know if adding $6 to a pizza is... Well, they already have pizza delivery. So why would this be better than the pizza delivery you got already? I don't know. Slower? If, you know, you find it disconcerting how quickly the pizza arrives and you'd prefer to wait for a while? I assume the advantage for them is on the business owner side. This is essentially not an employee you have to pay. Right. Mm. Right. This, this, won't every suburban area just have like a, hundreds of these? Fleets of them. Fleets well, of them? You won't be able to drive anywhere. Well, and Amazon, uh, I prefer the British pronunciation. Amazon struggles with, you know, employing enough randos and, and recently released convicts and heroin addicts or whatever uh, to deliver everybody's packages everywhere. In their bondoed vehicle. If they could just, you know, employ. I mean, Jeff Bezos could buy five million of those things with his couch change right. today and unleash those on the populace. But again, it's going to snarl traffic. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. It's going to have to operate in bike lanes or something like that, right? Well, yeah, that's a bit of an issue if you're on a bike. Yeah. 25 miles an hour. I can't pedal this. Oh, no! <laughs> it's right behind me. Reep, 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 reep. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll Damn work. you, Jim, and your pizza. Well, meanwhile, you know, the woke ones among us are working to not expand roads unless it's for a bike lane or what have you. In fact, they're eliminating lanes in the name of their pie-in-the-sky vision of a, a carless society, so I don't I don't know how all this is going to work. I don't have any problem with it, but well, I think where a lot going to put the damn thing. I think a lot of people are hoping for we all stop driving cars, and the and it's just these electric vehicles are traveling around, either transporting us or transporting groceries. But none of us are driving on their own, and they're all electric for the most part. That's that's what everybody wants, or that that's what the uh, various people at the top want. I don't want that at all. Mm. God, if you just had a couple of these in your in your neighborhood, it could really slow down traffic. If that they were there every evening delivering pizzas and groceries, yeah, yeah. Hmm? Well, well you'd have uh, you know, judging by what I've seen from humanity in reality, you would have soccer moms in minivans doing fifty miles per hour around them, going into the other lane. Safety be damned. Right? Won't these also? Speaking of humanity, won't these be found wheels up, laying aside the road? Broken into, pizza gone, and something graffitied on the side. Won't, won't that be what happens a lot? Occasionally. And or you get there and uh, open the door with the combination. There'll be a drunk, naked college kid in there saying, <laughs> Ah, look at me. That was a good pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Pranking people. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. That's the know, future. That's fine. I'm not going to reflexively reject technologies I just am. because they're new. I am. 
Just don't That's tell me thing. they're going to have flying ones of these, because they're not. They're not. They never will. I really enjoy reflectively rejecting technology. It's kind of my thing. Um, some of Trump's tweets, we could hit those coming up. He's really smelling himself, and uh, he's got the numbers to back it up. That's not a good expression. <laughs> a boss said that to us once. You guys you, were really smelling yourselves today. What did we what? say? We had said something. An aggressive scent. I don't, I don't know. We were just being us. You guys were smelling yourself today, and that whole thing about, I don't know what it was. was... Oh, I tell you what, also upcoming on the Armstrong and Getty Show, a uh, big, big old study. The best and worst cities for financial management and why and the the worst ones what they are uh, under budgeted for what they owe per taxpayer some of the numbers are shocking how did your local metropolis fare cool. stay with us yeah and another clip from mocking the debate from saturday night live pretty good on the way too The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, this is my favorite part of the debate, where we ask about winning the black vote. I'm going to start with you, Mayor Pete. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Look, people, you know, say I'm not very popular among minorities. They've been referring to me as Mayo Pete. (laughs) But I assure you, I'm not that spicy. Mayo Pete, and uh, during Saturday Night Live, during the fake debate, a Bloomberg ad dropped in. Let's take a quick word from our sponsor tonight, Bloomberg. Are you a registered Democrat thinking, these can't be my only choices? Then try Bloomberg. He's not as short as Trump is fat. (laughs) Wow. Good slogan. Anywho, yeah. So uh, listen to that. Oh, oh. Before I get onto this, uh, my wife texted me that my uh, daughter, Little D, who was a junior at a major American university, she's a junior already. I know it. I know oh, it. Man, I know it's insane. Uh, anyway, uh, that they have those uh, little uh, unmanned uh, drone cars for deliveries everywhere on campus. It's a big campus. Oh, really? Yeah, but yeah, they use them all the time. I guess. So it's uh, it's here. It's coming. Run for your lives. So my attention was drawn to the Financial State of Cities report. It's a comprehensive analysis of the fiscal health of the nation's 75 most populous cities. Is this what you do for fun on a weekend? I know. (laughs) I know. This is why I have no friends. Uh, And I I was first drawn to the article by or uh, to the study by an article that mentioned that uh, Seattle ranks 44th in the 75 cities and earns a grade D for financial health. Um and uh, and it's well deserved but i will tell you the punchline in advance the vast majority of the financial woes of these big cities all the same thing and a lot of our listeners will find this uh, uncomfortably familiar i'm, I'm guessing I'm, I'm, i'll bet go I know. ahead go ahead take a so guess i'm assuming it's uh, the fact that they owe firefighters and cops and everybody so much money in pensions and health care that they 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 can't afford it. Ding! 
unfunded pension liabilities. The great political unicorn giveaway of the 90s, the early 2000s was, and, and this was from Democrats almost exclusively, listen, we can't pay the unions anymore right now because we're already broke, the public employee unions. But what we can do is promise lavish pensions that we can never afford. And listen, I know a lot of y'all kick in for the pensions. Here's the problem, though. The math that was sold to the people uh, was completely phony. Your contributions won't come nearly uh, anywhere close to paying you your lavish pension for life. And so, yeah, it's unfunded pension liabilities. Um, But it's quite amazing the... The amount of debt. I mean, it will be disastrous, as uh, Milton Friedman has uh, taught us. The true rate of taxation is the rate of spending. It's just a question of when those taxes are going to happen. Will they be concurrent with the spending, like any sane and decent society would do? Or will they be uh, down the road? Uh, Don't worry about it. We'll pay for it later. Plus interest, which is indefensible politically and morally. Your top five cities well, I know that I know there are various cities around the country that are or are about to be spending more money on retired cops than current active cops for yeah instance. a lot of them are already at the even Stephen face just amazing oh yeah and firefighters and teachers and and the rest of it it is it's going to be an enormous disaster but you don't want to hear this you just want to look at Brad Pitt setting awards you just want to watch your Korean subtitled movies. Top five best cities, and and they rate them on a number of things, not only the obvious fiscal health, but how open they are about their finances and, and how quickly they report, that sort of thing. But uh, number five, Plano, Texas. Amazing. Uh, shocking me, two cities in Cal Unicornia in, the t- uh, Cal Unicornia in the top five, including Fresno, California, fiscally very well-run city, beautiful Charlotte, where we lived for several years, and uh, and and. Perhaps someday I'll live again. It's one of my favorite places. Is number three, Washington, D.C. It's because you got so many rich lobbyists there. They can tax them whatever they want. Uh, and Irvine, California is number one. Shocking to me. Uh, a number of smallish cities there. Uh, certainly Charlotte and uh, Washington are not small cities. But your five worst cities. There we go. New Orleans, which owes $18,800 per taxpayer that they don't have. Almost $19,000 per taxpayer they don't have. Philadelphia, which is over $25,000 per taxpayer. Honolulu, $26,400. Chicago, over $37,000 per taxpayer behind Holy in the spells cow. with no prospect of raising that money. And your champion, and yes, all five of the top ones are run by Democrats, New York City, $63,000 per taxpayer that they don't know where they're going to come up with it. Um, and uh, and it's unfunded pension liabilities. It's amazing uh, and horrifying. So just real quickly to let you know where your metro is uh, on the list, I'm going to scan through fairly quickly. Uh, the, the, from, from best to worst, you got uh, Charlotte, uh, Tampa, Florida's number 10. These are some weird noises you're making. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, Long Beach, Florida is 15. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Wichita, 18th place, although uh, only the top 12 are in the black. Starting with Corpus Christi at 13, they're in the red. Uh, Bakersfield is in 20th place. 
Uh, Las Vegas, 24th. Orlando, 28th. Riverside, California, 30th. Uh, L.A., 35th. Over $4,000 per taxpayer. Who knows? San Diego, 37th. $4,500 per taxpayer. Sacramento, edging San Diego in the crap parade uh, in 38th place. Hey, kids, 40... you want to go to the crap parade? <laughs> no. Owing <laughs> $4,600 per. Well, let's see. Phoenix is in Oh, I'm sorry, Seattle, 44th place, Phoenix, 45th. We should link this list at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, 47, yeah, on it goes. We should print this list on our T-shirts. Yeah, we really should. It's just amazing. Your bottom 10, um, I don't know the politics of, of uh, Nashville currently. That is the only one that's even conceivably run by Republicans, looking at the list. Maybe Fort Worth in 61st place, though I don't know. Armstrongandgetty.com is our website. We'll post the list there. The uh, Oscar for Best Picture goes to, what was it called? Parasite. Parasite. The South Korean comedy thriller caper flick. Yeah, that's about right. First time a foreign film has ever won an Oscar, which I couldn't be more against. Well, we're making all our big movies are for China anyway. Nah, we can't have foreigners winning our NBA titles and or our Oscars. Oh, are you going to go for a travel ban? Are you like Trump? <laughs> and, a Korean uh, travel ban? And you certainly can't give an Oscar to best for Best Picture for a subtitled movie, a movie i got to read. I paid $9 and $8 for popcorn, and i got to read the movie? <laughs> <laughs> 